All right. Hello, hello. My name is Rachel Pack, and welcome to my podcast. <laughs> We're workshopping the name. We're workshopping the name. Okay. Welcome to the pod. Today I'm so excited because I'm joined by the one, the only, Mr. Creston Heron. All right. Hello. Hello, everyone. So let me give you a little rundown if you don't know Mr. Heron. Um, and I'm sure you'll love him just as much as his students do. And by the end of this podcast, he is a phenomenal music educator as head orchestra director at Klein High School in Spring, Texas, uh, leading his orchestras to honor orchestra for TMEA, as well as winning the National Cup in Lincoln Center and many more accolades. But more, most importantly, he was my orchestra director. <laughs> uh, and one of the main reasons I decided to go into music ed. Um, so I'm going to ask him a few questions today about all things music ed. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. So tell me about your journey to become a music educator. Uh, well, my journey was a little bit more unorthodox. Um, my initial goal, I knew I wanted to somehow have, uh, a, some sort of connection to music education but it was going to be more like collegiate level I, w- I wanted to be a violin professor concert master of a major orchestra had my own quartet composing music it was like i wanted a, a taste of all things and uh after completing my master's i got a little burnt out from uh from school and I got an opportunity to be an orchestra director at an inner city uh, public charter school called uh, Yes Prep. Um, and at first I was thinking, well, I've never conducted an orchestra in my life. I don't understand. I don't see how I could be successful at this, but you know, uh, they were pretty persistent and my, my professor at the time saw something in me that said that this might be a connection that uh, might uh, create a path for me in the future. So I decided, okay, why not check it out? And sure enough, I was really fascinated with this idea and the students and I decided to try it out. And I thought, well, you know, I could do this for a couple of years and boom, I found my calling, something that I, I didn't see initially, but in the end I saw that I could connect uh, with so many students on on so many different levels and share my passion of music with them, so or for music. Awesome. Okay, can you expand more on like what your style of teaching is? Um, well, my style again is a little uh, unorthodox. I I use an approach of experiment based teaching. Um, so instead of you know, you'll see certain. Um, uh, standard or more method-based teaching where someone might have a specific systematic approach to teaching, let's say, tone or teaching vibrato. Um, I'm, I'm much more, uh, I have much more of an organic approach when it comes to something like that. So um, I'll, when we're doing something, let's say, you know, tone exercises, and I see that, you know, students are having certain issues, instead of going, well, this is how you're going to address that, we we come up with some experiments on the spot. Well, let's try doing it this way. Let's see what happens with this. And what ends up happening uh, is instead of, you know, telling students what they need to do, uh, students start identifying 
strengths that they have or, or ways that make the skill or how they're able to be successful at the skills so their retention is far greater uh, and you're able to reach far more students that way uh, because you're able to access many more modalities, uh, learning modalities as, as well as uh, many more learning uh, approaches. Can you define what a modality is? So a, a modality is a way of a way someone learns. For example, oral, or oral. Okay, if someone yeah. learns by you know hearing something. If I played something for you and you heard it, uh, or if I visual when if I played something you saw me do it, you'd understand. Yeah. Okay, that's what it looks like. Or tactile. You know, some people are more hands on. I need I need to be able to actually do something in order to understand the skills. So those are the different kind of learning modalities. OK, cool. Very nice. All right. How do you approach students who aren't connecting to your style of teaching? Well, this is where I think a benefit uh, to um, experiment based teaching is, is because there's no set guidelines. There's no this is how it's done. It's not so uh, like tunnel vision. Um, or narrow, so you're able to uh, you're able to connect on the students level. So the students, and actually not, and the experiments aren't just coming from me. So, for example, stu uh, students that are not connecting to a certain uh, style, you could ask them. And this is what I do. I like to ask them. Well, what kind of experiment would? How would you approach this? And then I start seeing. Oh, this is how they learn and so that I can approach them on their level. Very nice, very nice, yes. Okay, cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I've definitely, I feel like we've definitely encountered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what factors should we be aware of when making a safe space in the classroom? Which this one was a big question I wanted to ask you because I know mm -hmm. when I was um, in your program and I was in your officer team, you always asked us, you always started the year, which I thought was really important um, and just I kept that with me up until now, is you would always ask us, what kind of culture do you want to create in the orchestra room? Yeah, well, I, I think and that's first and foremost, um, making sure that everyone is on the same page with the same vision for the program and same goals. Um, once that and, and making sure that everyone is a part of that process. And that's why, you know, one of the things that I start out with is a leadership camp for all the, the seniors um, that are the leaders of the program so that they not only have a say in the 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 direction of the program, but also the vision for the program, um, which then creates much more buy-in and investment uh, and intrinsic motivation to be able to make sure that the program succeeds. Uh, then the second aspect to that is also relationship building. You have to build relationships with the students and actually uh, go above and beyond just, you know, the high and by at the the front of the door and just really get to understand students on a personal level. That way they are building that bond, which also creates that safe environment. Yeah, okay, I love that. And before we continue, I have to hype you up for a minute because Mr. Heron waits at the door before every, he teaches, is it six orchestras? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he teaches six orchestras and every day he stands by the door and shakes every student's hand as they come in. And I think it's just that 
um, the reason why I loved our program so much and so many people and people outside of orchestra, like my choir friends would be like, oh my gosh, Rachel, I saw Mr. Heron outside the classroom today and he said hi to me. And also just the trust that you put in your students because I know for me, the reason, like when I explain to people why I want to go to music ed is because you put so much trust into your students and I knew that you put so much trust into me to what I wanted to do with the program and everything that everyone wanted to accomplish. So thank you. Uh, but yeah, I got to hang up for a minute because you're very good at creating a safe space in the classroom. Well, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative. And I, and that's what it's about seeing students like you thrive and hopefully continue the traditions and start your own culture and your own program. That'll be you. I, I hope so. <laughs> it will be. It will be. What strategies have you used to grow your program and how do you foster a stable program? Um, well, one of the, the other things that I like to do is uh, on top of one establishing a culture of not only just a culture of teamwork, a culture of excellence at our own campus, but I also foster those relationships at our junior high levels uh, as well as elementary levels. So I'm I'm actually teaching and working on every level uh, in our school district. And so many of the students before they even enter the program at Klein High School know who I am and have worked with me uh, already. And so we instill a strong, uh, deeply rooted culture of not only just excellence, but culture for caring and, and, and really believing in what we're doing in the program from elementary level all the way through high school. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes like the biggest difference. Um, just cause all the, you get to interact with all the teachers beforehand like um i think that's just a good thing in our district too is how much teamwork there is between like the middle schools and the high schools like everyone helps each other out um, like, like i knew you before i came into pine um, but that's also because i gave you a bedazzled spatula the first time i met you so <laughs> okay uh, what do you, oh, I kind of already asked you this, but just what do you do in order to create a healthy classroom culture? Well, uh, when we talk about healthy, um, I, I think not only just, uh, not only with just success be, being successful as in like how they're playing, but also uh, how we're working as a team. And so I heavily push on student ownership. So there are times where I will have one, we have a huge unit on chamber music where every single student in our program is put into chamber groups. And so they have to work uh, on their leadership skills. They have to work on becoming a leader. They have to work on uh, becoming a musician, better, uh, working with each other, uh, setting their own goals. I'll, I'll, I've also had students lead uh, sectionals. Uh, for me, or, or even rehearsals, so that, again, the student buy-in and ownership is there, and it's not just, you know, me dictating how this program is going to run. Uh, when you do that, I, I believe there, that uh, those programs are much more healthy, uh, and, the, and the culture is much more sustained when, when students feel like they have voices. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How have your perspectives on music ed changed since you first started teaching? Um, I think for me, it was understanding that students, many students have different motivators. You know, I was very passionate about music early on. And I knew that I, my drivers were, you know, I wanted to be the best at this or, or I really wanted to learn this certain piece or, and also my, my, my mom, she was a violinist and I wanted to be like her. My great grandfather was a fiddler. I wanted to be like him. So I had different motivators and going into it, I realized, well, the, not everybody's motivators are the same. Not everybody wants to, you know, compete. Not everybody wants to play Beethoven and Bach and and uh, you know Mozart they they want their different motivators and you have to be able to reach all learners uh, in the program and so that's why I think one of the big changes is you know not only offering student ownership and getting student voice but also getting feedback every every semester I give a survey to students uh, to hear from them okay what are you liking what do you want to change what are things that you would like to add into the program and i look at that and i see just to keep a pulse on the program uh what are students how, how am i reaching every student uh what are their motivators and it's very eye-opening to hear uh the different uh different factors that or why students are in the program and, and what they want to, what direction they want to see it in. So, I mean, that was eye-opening to me. It wasn't just like everyone had the exact same motivator, which was to be the best. That's that's not necessarily the case. Some people are there just because they, they, they like their friends. Yeah. <laughs> they, they friendship and it's so many different things. So that was an eye-opener for me when I became a teacher. Not everyone has the same motivator as me. That's, that's really good to keep in mind, yeah. Um, okay, so more a little bit more focused for you as, as an educator. What is your professional development plan for the coming years? Well, I'll tell you, I, I live by the uh, statement of being a forever learner. Um, and every opportunity that I have or I'm given, I am constantly trying to grow, uh, whether that's going to workshops for conducting or going to uh, workshops to become uh, better at uh, certain instruments. You know, one of my big uh, pushes for me recently uh, has been um, working on my vocabulary and skills for working with wind players because of full orchestra. So instead of when I go to a lot of conventions, I'm going to string workshops, I'm going to wind workshops. How do I speak to them where they understand what I'm saying? You know, uh, also vocal, learning how to breathe, learning how I've, I've gone into those and learning how to conduct, uh, you know, singers versus, you know, orchestral um, students. And so I, it, it goes beyond our, you know, box of um, our, our, our mainstream, you know, strings, pedagogy or pedigree. We, I like to branch out. And so me personally, uh, one of the big things that I'm really trying to be better at 
uh, recently is overall, I guess you'd say, being a communicator, being able to say things via here on my, you know, through through either the baton or being a lot more precise uh, instead of having to constantly reteach on the podium, you know, so I can become a much more effective uh, educator. Love that. Yes. Multifaceted king. (laughs) (laughs) What motivates you to continue as an educator? Every year is different. That's one of the beauties of this job. Uh, You know, many jobs can become uh, just that, a job, and are very mundane. And, you know, people become stagnant in their growth because they see no growth. Uh, Versus what we're doing here, every year is different. You know, you cannot have a cookie-cutter system in this uh, profession where this is where you start one year and you end here because all students are different and so they offer different challenges which I view as different opportunities and it allows me to become a better educator and ultimately a better human being the more I'm connecting with more students on different levels um, I, I, I've seen becoming a better teacher also help me in becoming a better parent because I realize wow you know, what I'm seeing here and how I have to connect with these kids, I have to do also at home. Uh, and so I, I have to also, you know, transfer those skills over to home life. And so when I see things like that happening, it, it motivates me to continue because I see the benefit not only in the classroom, but also in my home life. Awesome. Okay. My final question for you is what advice can you give a new music ed student? And earlier you mentioned burnout, which, you know, is something we really, you know, we don't want to have to interact with that. So what did you do to combat that? And what is any advice you have for anyone going to music ed? Well, uh, I think the main advice that I would say to a music ed person or any, any new teacher in general is it's okay to not know everything. And it's okay to fail. Um, so many new teachers come out and they, they feel like I have to know everything. All these students must know that I'm the expert and, and, I, and, and I have to look like I, I make no mistakes. And students see through that. They, they know very clearly when you make a mistake and they understand. And, you know, those are the teachers that struggle the most when they just can't own up to, yeah, I made a mistake and I don't know it all. And, and being vulnerable uh, is okay. That, that's, a, that's another thing. Making mistakes, being vulnerable, asking questions, that is, the hu- that is the best benefit to being a beginner teacher because everyone knows you have to learn and it is okay. Wow. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Well, these being- are great questions. Yeah, thank great you. Questions. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being a great music educator and just a great person in general. So, and thank y'all for listening. Um, I'll do a little outro song. Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, bye. Have a good break. Stay Bye-bye. healthy. Stay safe. Wash your hands. 